You're listening to Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. From obsessions to possessions, from hexes to hauntings, if it's demonic, I'm on it. I'm Susan Vigilante. Welcome to the podcast. Every so often I go on YouTube and I uh, search for things like former Satanists or even active Satanists. And I try to find videos of them giving speeches. Uh, there are a number of them, usually in churches, uh, and it's always very, very interesting to listen to what these people used to believe and what they believe now and what happened to make them believe what they believe now. There's one video out there of a woman, an American woman with a really, a really pristine New York accent. I love listening to it. And I can't find her now. Uh, She had a very good speech about how she was a high-ranking Satanist. Professionally, she was a cellist. Um, I can't find the video anywhere, which is really a shame because I would love to link it somewhere. Anyway, she's giving this speech in a church about how powerful she was as a Satanist. And she tells the story about how one night when there was some event in a church, in a Catholic church, She went into the Catholic church, I think she went down the basement, and she started making the lights flicker upstairs. She said it was one of her powers. She could make the lights flicker. And anyway, the, uh, I think the pastor noticed and came down and looked at her and he realized who she was and who she was working for. And he chased her out. Now I have to say the first time I heard this story, I thought to myself, She was one of the most powerful people in this Satanist organization. And all she can do is make the lights flicker. I mean, that's, that's it. You give your soul to the devil and you can flip the light switch off and on. No, Satan got you pretty cheap lady. But these days I'm thinking more and more about how that's one of the main things Satanists do. They shut off the lights. They shut off the lights so people cannot see what's right in front of their noses. I have not seen the movie The Sound of Freedom yet, but you probably know that it's a movie that was made five years ago. It has taken the producers this long to get it to movie screens, and it's about human trafficking. It's about, specifically, it's about child sex trafficking, which is a major, major industry in the world. It's worth billions of dollars. But Hollywood didn't want this movie to be shown. So they wouldn't let them have the theaters. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't let anything. They threw up every possible obstacle in in this movie's way. Back in 2019, the movie Unplanned came out. Do you remember that movie? It was a true story about a woman named Abby Johnson, who was a very successful Planned Parenthood executive. She was, she ran a clinic. She was one of the uh, people who got one of their annual awards for best work, best service, most business. And after many years of doing this and really, really believing she was doing the right thing, one day, one of the ultrasound techs didn't show up for work. And they were in a bind and they said, look, can you pinch hit for us? Just, just, just hold this thing here and film this. She said, fine. And she went into the operating room or whatever Planned Parenthood uses, it passes for an operating room. 
and she held the camera thing and she filmed it all and she had a complete conversion. You know, she didn't see a statistic anymore. She saw an actual person being dismembered. And she was so horrified that that was the end of her career with Planned Parenthood. It all, all of a sudden, she knew exactly what she'd been doing all those years. All of a sudden, no one hid it from her anymore. She'd seen it right in front of her face, and her career with them was over. And she became a very um, moving pro-life activist. This was another movie everybody in show business tried their best to stop. I remember watching a, a late night show of a woman named Samantha B. Samantha B had a show called Full Frontal with Samantha Samantha B. It was boring. She was boring. It was mercifully uh, canceled a couple years ago. But she was she'd been a writer for the Daily Show, so people thought she'd be really great. She wasn't. But as she's talking about this film, she actually said nobody should see this film. I mean, I've never heard anyone say that about a book or a movie. Nobody should read that book. Nobody should see this film. Nobody should do this. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you love the smell of panic in the morning. You could tell something was really scaring this woman, shaking her up. I have to say, I understand that there are people on both sides of the abortion debate. (laughs) It's a shame that there is a debate, but there are people who have two different opinions. And a lot of people who are pro-abortion genuinely believe they are doing a good thing, that they are helping people. And that's the, that's the kind of person who was interested in stopping this movie. But are there actually people out there who are in favor of child sex trafficking? Are there people out there who think, no, child sex trafficking is a great thing? We should have the freedom to traffic every kid we get our hands on, uh, and it's part of our American rights, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to stand against this movie with everything I have. Most of Hollywood is standing against this movie with everything they have. You want to ask them, um, does this mean you're in favor of child sex trafficking? It's very hard to fathom anyone carrying a belief like that around with them. I live in Minnesota. Minnesota is one of the hubs of sex trafficking in the United States. I live out in the suburbs. I live in a very, you know, safe, comfortable suburb. But even I see these girls. I've seen driving down the highway in the morning. You see these, they look like uh, teenagers, pale, haggard, blonde usually, you know, holding paper cups of coffee, crossing the highway, probably after a long night's work. You find kids, children. Children are transported here and then sold. It's horrifying. It's, it's worse than horrifying. It's like, you know what, Lord? If we're letting this happen, forget it. You don't owe us anything. I was driving on another highway once, and there was a car in front of me, like a, like a kind of, not a Jeep, but some kind of smaller SUV. Two people in the car, a man at the wheel, and a little girl next to him, 10 years old, maybe 11, she had, they both had black hair and hers was up in a high ponytail. And every couple of seconds, the man reached over and grabbed this girl by the ponytail and shook her all over the car. He's swerving all over the road. 
He's shaking this kid all over the car. She's screaming, trying to hold her hair onto her head. This happened, this must have happened half a dozen times while I was watching. And I thought to myself, whatever this is, is not normal. And it's, this has all the earmarks to me of cruelty, at least. I didn't know if it was child sex trafficking. I didn't know it was kidnapping. But it was very obvious to me that what kind of a man would throw a kid all over the car and risk crashing his own car to keep doing it? And I thought, I'm not taking any chances. So I called the police while I was driving. And I told them what was happening. And I gave them what I could of the man's license plate. And basically the police reaction was a shrug. Eh. Maybe it wasn't that cop's fault. Maybe it wasn't the 911 operator's fault. Maybe they just didn't have a protocol. Maybe they just didn't know what to do. People usually don't know what to do. You might remember that a year or two ago, a 15-year-old girl was kidnapped from a Dallas Mavericks game. She'd gone to the arena with her father. They were watching the game, having a great time. She got up to go to the bathroom. She never came back. The father went to the security they didn't know what to do. The father called the police. He, t- he was told by the police, well, uh, we can't take that report here. You have to go back to your home and to your local precinct and report it there. Their local precinct was 30 miles away. And anyone who works with kidnapping cases knows, you know, minutes count, seconds count. The father managed to get in touch with a... Uh, I don't know, civilian, is that the word? A volunteer anti-sex trafficking group. They found the girl. They found her picture on a online prostitution website. I think they were nude pictures of this poor girl. She was obviously drugged out of her mind uh, while they were driving her back. So she didn't know, she didn't remember anything. She didn't know where she was. She didn't know what city she was in. But here these pictures pop up and say, you can rent this girl for whatever. Turned out they had taken her to Iowa. I mean, she was hundreds of miles from home. They were at, so far they've arrested eight people in connection with this, but I'm getting ahead of myself because this group located the girl, found her and arranged a rescue. And 10 days later, this girl was home. The Dallas police hadn't even filed the report yet. They hadn't even circulated a photograph of the girl. 10 days. You don't even want to think about what happened to this girl in those 10 days. And I remember when she was finally rescued, her mother said she kept saying, there were so many girls. There were so many girls. And we live in a world where the brightest stars in Hollywood, the most successful, richest Glitterious people in the world don't want anyone to know. So, uh, you know, I ask myself, okay, who's running this show? Who's behind all this? I know who. Same guy who was behind Adam and Eve getting kicked out of the garden. Same guy who was behind the slaughter of the innocents. Same guy who was behind the Holocaust. Same guy who was behind every atrocity on planet Earth in its history. And that's who we're up against. And 
This is uppermost in my mind every day. This is why I started this podcast. I started this podcast because I think people need to be more aware of how the Prince of Darkness is at work in this world. This is his show. This child trafficking, it's his show. And these people who try to stop movies like this from getting into the theaters, they're working for him. I need to say here also that I have not yet seen the movie. I have not seen The Sound of Freedom yet. I can't get anybody to go with me. Um, I don't go to the movies with my husband because my husband is deaf. So I'm trying to get friends to go. Nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to see this movie. Nobody wants to face it. Totally understand that. But yesterday I was getting my hair cut. And the girl who was cutting my hair started telling me how you have to go. She said, you have to go see this movie. You might have to take the next day off because you'll have to recover. But whatever you do, do not miss this film. Do not miss The Sound of Freedom. It's the most important thing you'll do this summer. And it may get you to wake up about who's running this world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. I hope you'll join me again next time. I'm Susan Vigilante, and remember, the devil's first trick is to convince you he doesn't exist. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. I hope you'll join me again next time. I'm Susan Vigilante, and remember, the devil's first trick is to convince you he doesn't exist.